Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. I am especially delighted that you are joining with us just to be able to share with you my hope, my prayer for you in this coming year. And so whether you're joining us online, whether you'll see this a little bit later um, than it was initially um, broadcast throughout the week, whether you're at Muskego, whether you're Waukesha South, please hear the prayer that I am praying for you is that in 2024, that you are going to experience a unique working of God in your life. And to that end, you'd say that you're blessed. My prayer is that your life is going to be marked by grace and the Holy Spirit is the one that is going to do that working in you and that every single one of you will be able to experience a little bit more through following Jesus what he meant when he said, I have come that you might have life and that you would have it to the full. And so I'd like to offer this prayer of blessing for you. I'd encourage you, um, if you're comfortable with it, if you would just open your hands and your lap to be able to receive this as you're receiving it from the Lord Jesus. Lord, I know that with each person here, the love that you have for them, and even if there's a little bit of doubt in that right now, would you please affirm that? And in 2024, would you make that, Lord, so clear to them? Would you please work in every person's life that is hearing this blessing now? Mark them with grace. And Jesus, I pray that you will help every one of them to be able to experience what you want for them. That's my prayer. As a church, that's our prayer. And we ask it together in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody in agreement with it said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, How would you fill in this blank? When all else fails, blank. When all else fails, how do you fill that blank in? I can tell you the way a lot of people fill it in. A lot of people fill it in this way. When all else fails, pray, right? I mean, we'll have a national um, crisis come about and you'll have some official that's up there and um, you know that they're not a praying person at all, but they're just going like, hey, we just need to pray and ask God for help. We see a great injury that takes place on a football field and what do we do? It's like everybody like, hey, we don't know what else to do, so let's pray. In our lives, you may have been there. It's like, I got to the end of my rope. I tied a knot. I was hanging on. And then what do you do? It's like, well, I guess I better pray at this point. But in 2024, I want to encourage all of us to flip the script. And rather than wait till the last resort to pray, to pray first. In fact, that's the banner that I want for all of us to be able to put over this coming year of 2024 to pray first. You can write it on your calendar. You can put it on your phone. But that's what we want to push ourselves into. Now, just curious, how many have made a 2024 New Year's resolution? Anybody? Got some 2024? You got some resolution people? Yeah, sure. Great. Good. How many would say, don't do resolutions anymore? You know, I've given up on those. Like, like those are the jaded people we have among us here, right? No, no I'm not, not jaded, but 
maybe you came to realize this. It's a, like one of those stunning statistics that 92% of individuals that make New Year's resolutions fail in them, right? So it's kind of like, why do I want to do that and set myself up for failure? Instead of a New Year's resolution, may I challenge you to put a new keystone habit into place in your life. Now, whether you realize it or not, we all live our lives based on the habits that we have. Some we're conscious of, some we're not conscious of, but we are definitely creatures of habit. Now, a keystone habit, and shout out to James Clear right here in his book, Atomic Habits, really good book, but he notes that a keystone habit is this. It's some small choice or some small action that leads to a cascade of other actions in our lives. A couple examples. I have a keystone habit of carrying a water bottle with me. Now you may go like, like, what's the deal there? A number of years ago, I'm like, I just need to be healthier. And I knew that drinking water was a part of being healthy. And you know what I discovered? I drink more water when I have it with me. Wow. So you'll always see me. You know, I carry a bottle. This one works. It's just really easy for me to carry it around. In my office, I've got a couple of them that, that there. They're always filled every day. If I'm in a meeting or if I'm just walking about, I've got this with me. And because I've got it with me, I drink a little bit more. But it's not just hydrating, but that reminds me too just about health. And Believe it or not, because I carry this with me, I'm a little bit more careful about what I eat, a little more careful to make sure I get the exercise that I need in my life. Picking up and carrying water, it was a keystone habit, and it's affected a lot of other areas of my life. Now, the keystone habit I started, um, many of us last year, 2023, the challenge was, would you read the verse of the day? Small, just a small choice. And you started your day, you got it out, you read the verse of the day. And you know what you discovered by doing that day after day after day? That one small action, it just like shaped so much more of your life. It led to many other actions that were taking place. A few years ago, I was challenged um, and I took that challenge to write down three things I was grateful for. It was a 30-day challenge. Well, here I am years later. Every day, take my journal, and I write down three things from that day that I'm thankful for. If there is a habit that has changed my attitude, if there's a little keystone habit that's helped me just to kind of see life differently, it's writing down the three things that I'm grateful for. Small keystone habit. There is a keystone habit of 2024 that I guarantee, if you do, it is going to make a difference in your life. I guarantee it. There's a keystone habit that if you take up this challenge, it's something that you can do. You're not going to be in that 92% failure rate. All of us can do it. The keystone habit for 2024 that I want to challenge all of us to do. Anybody want to take a wild guess? I mean, just take a what? Just take a flyer on this. It would be to what? That's right. To pray and to pray first. We're going to take the next four weeks. We will look at four different mentors to help us to pray first in the scriptures. Today, we're going to look at an individual by the name of Daniel, but we've got three others that are lined up. I think you're going to find it really helpful. We also have some pray first small groups that are set up. 
Love to have you as a part of one of those. You could scan the QR code to find out more and to jump right in. You can stop by the table um, afterwards if you happen to be in one of our campuses to be able to do that as well. If you're online, we've got online groups. Jump on with us as well. Today, I'm going to ask you to take your Bible and let's go over to the book of Daniel. So if you've got a Bible with you, great. If you don't, let me just encourage you, if you normally read from a physical copy of the Bible, when you come out on the weekends, bring it with you. Because I think you're going to find that there's some notes that you're going to want to take, things that you're going to refer back to. It's going to even make for a better experience for you. If you're electronic and you've got your Bible on your phone or other um, digital device that you use, do this, would you please? As soon as we just you know, come in for the weekend, would you pull up that app, your Bible app, open it up like today. I want you to go to Daniel 6 with me because I think you're going to find taking a few notes, writing and following, richer experience. That's what we want for everybody that's here. We've actually got a little bit of a note sheet that we're putting together too to, to help all of us so that we can carry this with us, what God's doing now even into our week. In the book of Daniel, um, if you're not familiar with the person of Daniel, or you could just use a little refresher about him, here's a couple things to know. Daniel, as a teenager, as a young teenager, was taken captive and then lived his life as an exile in a foreign country. Daniel, an Israelite, when the Babylonians came in and invaded Israel, he was taken and put into a school there. Ultimately, Babylon is going to crush Israel. It's going to you know, cease being a nation. These teenagers that were taken and put into school, it was pretty much a pass-fail program. Three-year three -year program. And if you passed, you lived. And if you failed, you died. I mean, it was like you found you're a person of worth and they were going to put, give you a position or you're found like, nope, you're not going to be able to cut it. And maybe you got assigned to be a slave the rest of your life. So that's where Daniel was at. Can you imagine that? Yet Daniel, early on in this program, and one of the reasons we have the book of Daniel is because he chose to honor God. And I think that's noteworthy. When you are ripped out of your home, away from your friends, I mean, it couldn't get much worse than it got for Daniel. He chose to honor God in our vernacular. He trusted Jesus as his savior. He followed Jesus that way. And the result of that was God honored him in his life as well. In fact, Daniel is ultimately going to become the advisor to four different kings. Two different kingdom regimes. But if you read the book of Daniel, that story will unfold for you. We're going to pick it up in Daniel chapter 6 by just backing it up two verses into five to kind of give us the context of what's going on. And we'll just kind of work our way through this passage and come to a couple of um, just timeless lessons that Daniel would have for us. Verse 30 says this, that very night Belshazzar, king of the, Babylon, the Babylonians, was slain and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. And it pleased Darius, the new king, to appoint 120 satraps, or governors, to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole 
kingdom. So you've got this regime change. The mighty Babylonian empire is overthrown by the Medes and the Persians. New ruler that's in here, setting up a new government. Those are the details of it. And Daniel, lo and behold, he is now well past Social Security retirement age. <laughs> but he's, he's still, you know, highly effective. And so he's selected in this really key spot. And you might be going like, that's awesome. It's kind of awesome until. <laughs> Verse 4. At this, that is the recognition that he's going to get put over them, the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of governmental affairs. But they're unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we'll never find any basis of charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with his God. If you get your Bible open beside verse four, write the word politics. Politics really hasn't changed much in the last, you know, several thousand years, has it? One person backstabbing another person, one party trying to crush the other party, always trying to climb up and over to be able to put yourself up there. I mean, that politics in full. And yet Daniel here, he's not, he wasn't an easy target. He was a big target, but not an easy target. And he's not only a mentor, if you look at verse 4, for us in prayer, we're going to find he's also a good mentor for us when it comes to work. In fact, if you want to set 2024 apart as a, as a better school year, as a better work year, then follow Daniel's example. If you look in verse 4, it says this. He was trustworthy. He wasn't corrupt nor negligent. In other words, when Daniel went to work, he was a person of integrity. He wasn't corrupt. He was honest. What he said he's going to do, he did. And... He wasn't negligent. He was diligent at what he did. He worked hard. And we'll put those two traits into school, put them into work. Once again, I guarantee you, going to make a difference. Let's read on. Verse 6. So, these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, and advisors, and the governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone who prays to any god or human during the next 30 days except you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Okay. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. And so Darius put the decree into writing. Okay, a couple things real quick here. One, you might think Darius, like, what the heck, Darius? Like, what, like, what are you thinking? You know, everybody pray to you. But remember, he was a new ruler over a worldwide, I mean, you know, Medes and the Persians, this was a superpower nation right now. And pulling in all these others, it's like, how do you unify these people? And it's like, well, let's get them one focus for their prayer for just, and they said it's just for 30 days. And we're all in agreement. That really wasn't true, was it? Because Daniel wasn't in agreement. In fact, Daniel wasn't even there when they went before the king. Daniel was doing something else of great importance, and they knew it. Verse 10. I want to put a circle around verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, 
giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Quick question. Did Daniel know that this decree had been made? Yes or no? Yes, he did, right? Did Daniel know what the penalty was if you, if you broke the law? Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, he knew what it was, right? You're going to be thrown where? Lion's den, right? Not good. He knew that. But he prayed. And so, verse 11. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about the royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human except you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? And the king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians. It cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, one who is one of the exiles from Judah, he pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree that you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. But sundown. Then the men came and went as a group to the king and said to him, remember your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be, can be changed. And so the king gave the order. And they brought Daniel and they threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. And a stone was brought, placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. And the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him. He could not sleep. So, trap made, trap sprung. For Daniel it was check, and checkmate. Verse 19. After the evening. At the light of the first dawn, the king got up, hurried to the lion's den, and when he came near to the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lion's den? Quick question. Do you think the king thought Daniel was alive? Yes or no? Uh, not with an anguished voice he didn't he's just kind of like like Daniel verse 21 but Daniel answered may the king live forever my God has sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions and they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight nor have I ever done any wrong before your majesty let's pause here for just a second because there is a deep vein of gold that runs through here you could miss it but once you see it, you'll never unsee it again. The term that's used here, God sent his angel. It actually reads this way in the Hebrew. Um, the Lord sent the angel of Yahweh. Now, here's the significance of that. The angel of Yahweh is used in the Old Testament a few times. And every time it's used, it's what theologians call a Christophany. A Christophany would be an appearance of Jesus before his incarnation. So before Christmas ever happened, Jesus shows up. Now think about this. When Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, God could have just shut the mouths of the lions just like that, right? He didn't have to send an angel. He didn't have to send Jesus. But he did. 
So Daniel, being thrown in the lion's den, all of a sudden finds he's with somebody else who introduces himself, oh, by the way, I'm Jesus. And he looks over at the lions and just goes to them like, um, right, like, mm. and that was the end of that. And he could have left, right? I mean, he did what he came to do. Lions, no Daniel food here. I'm out of here. Don't think he did that though. Because he was sent and sent with purpose. I think there was a little bit of conversation that went on. Can you imagine the conversation between Jesus and Daniel? Jesus looking at Daniel and said, what kind of a mess have you gotten yourself into? Like, really? I mean, really? You just had to go ahead and pray? Really? And Daniel's like, what are you going to say to Jesus when he says that to you? And then you hear Jesus reply to Daniel. Daniel, I am so proud of you. Well done. Good job. Jesus continues to say that to anybody who will put him first, who will pray first. And then I think, though it doesn't say it here, there's probably a little bit of conversation that went on. And uh, Daniel asked Jesus a question and Jesus answered him. And I'll bet that night went just like that for Daniel and Jesus while they were in the lion's den together. While the king, he was having a fit back in his room and not able to sleep. Daniel thought this is going to be the worst night of my life. And it turned out to be the best night of his life. Cool, huh? You'll never unsee that. And here's how it ends. And the king was overjoyed and he gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And then at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. And sometimes the Bible has a little, um, you know, it's like TMI right there, right? Didn't need to know, <laughs> didn't need to know that final detail there. In case you're wondering if the lions were actually, you know, hungry or if they were ferocious lions that way. I mentioned earlier, we have some timeless truths that Daniel wants to be able to mentor us in, to help us to get and to carry forth. And they're going to be so practical for us this coming year. You might want to jot these down or take a note beside the notes that we have um, if you're using that page. The first one is this. Daniel teaches us that no matter what, we need to pray first. No matter what, pray first. When you read a passage of scripture like this, it's easy just to look at Daniel and what he did, but not allow ourselves to put, be um, brought into the situation. But you don't want to do that. I want to ask you, what would you have done if you were Daniel? If you were Daniel and you knew that there had been a decree that if you pray, you are going to be cat food. And the decree was going to last for 30 days. Knowing that, what would you have done? How many of you are thinking like, I would have taken 30 days off. I mean, I've gone on vacation, right? I mean, I've got time saved up. I'm just out of here for these next 30 days. Or you're thinking this, I would have taken a 30-day prayer break. Because, I mean, doesn't it make sense? I'm of way more value to the people, and he was, and for, and for God 
alive rather than dead. So I'm just not going to pray. Or I'm going to do this. I'm going to go into the bathroom and I'm going to close the door. <laughs> A little privacy, please. And there I could pray. Maybe just pray with your eyes open silently. Because God knows when I'm praying, right? I mean, don't you think you could have come up with something? But here's what Daniel knew. He knew that if he did that, he, it would be denying God. Be like it's denying Jesus. He knew why that law was set up. He knew it was set up against him. And so it was, no matter what, I'm going to pray first. That's a conviction. Would you say that once with me? As a conviction. No matter what, pray first. One more time, with conviction. No matter what, pray first. Second thing that Daniel wants to mentor us in, and that is the importance of starting now. Daniel began praying when he was brought into exile. I'm sure he was praying before that, but he continued. He was praying when he was in exile. That means as a teenager. And if you were a student the best time to begin praying first is right now. If you're a young adult, the best time to start praying first, it's like right now. It's not wait till later in life, wait till you're older, wait till you're more spiritually mature. Now is the best time. And if you haven't done it, if you, I mean, you may be well into your middle or advanced years, and you haven't been praying first, then now is the best time to start because praying now is going to impact your future to come. So let's start now. And let's remember this, lesson number three. That prayer is not going to cause us to be problem free, to not have people that would attack or persecute us that way, prayer doesn't exempt us from problems in our lives. And I think it's really important for us to hear that. Because a lot of us are thinking like, hey, if I'm praying, then I'm not gonna go through these problems. Or we're thinking this, why am I going through this experience? I mean, I've been praying first, and now this is happening in my life, and we're tempted to give up, right? Or is it just me? Anybody else tempted to give up when things aren't going your way, right? It's probable. This is not like the blessing that I started with, but it's probable. Many of us are gonna find ourselves in lion den situations at some point this year. We're gonna be in a place and it is threatening and we're not sure we're gonna come out on the other side of it. What do you do? You pray first and you remember that Jesus is there with you. You are not alone at that point. One of my prayer reminders that I keep handy is, a, you know, it's a lion's tooth. And with a lion's tooth, I've got the choice to focus on the lion or the lion's den that I find myself in or the one who will be with me in the lion's den if I pray first. I want to put this action step in front of all of us. Will you join me in 2024 that day by day, we're going to start our day and we are going to pray first. Because the serious question that I have for you is this. How many would say that you really would like to experience God more in your life in 2024? Can I, would you just raise a hand if, that, if that's you? Would you 
Do you have a desire to have an improvement in the relationships in your life in 2024? Anybody there? Anybody in that one? Yep. How about this? A little bit of, um, you know, um, accountability with this, but how many would say there is something in my life that I need to overcome or there is a stronghold in my life and I would so want to overcome this matter, this issue that I've been carrying in my life for years. I like to do that in 2024. Anybody got an issue, got a stronghold like that? Then hear me. What we need to do is we need to pray first because this is the means that God said, I want to open up this for you. Now, even saying that, I know some of us, we're thinking this, but God, I don't know how to pray or I'm not a good prayer. Or I, I, like, I just don't, I, I don't know what to do. And if that's you, if you're feeling like I'm, I'm inadequate or I don't do it, I, I don't know how, hear me. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. Remember this, that prayer, it's simply, it's just speaking to God. Normally, it's got an ask component of some sort. God, could you help me? Would you? And that's normal. And I also hope that your prayer will have a thank you component too. Daniel's did. God, thank you for whatever it would be that would be going on in your life, for whatever you could thank God for. Prayer is a relational connection with him. It just, it just renews that. Remember when Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. First two words of the Lord's Prayer are what? Our, yeah, our Father. And if you personalize that, it's just my Father. And then just talk with him. And then just ask him what it is that you would have in your life to be able to do. I've used the phrase pray first quite a bit. And we may be hearing, it's just a chronological thing. In other words, right? You get up in the morning and you do what? You pray first. Not against that. So, you know, chronology is, it's okay. But please don't be legalistic about it either. Because if that's the case, then I really don't pray first. Because you know, my day starts out, my day is going to start out this way. I'm going to get up. I'm going to make a cup of coffee. I'm going to grab my phone. And I'm going to read the verse of the day. I'm going to listen to the video of that. And then I am going to go and have my time of prayer. So, you know, you say chronologically it's not first. But it's a first priority that I have there. When we talk about pray first, here's what I want you to hear. I don't think you even need to write it down. Pray first means to pray first about what matters to you in your life. If it matters to you, then the first thing to do is pray and then take action. If it's a relationship, pray. Keep stepping into it. If it's a project, if it's a meeting, pray first about what matters to you. Pray first about what you know matters to God. Hopefully they'll always, you know, that they're going to have that connection there. That's what pray first means. And we can do that. In fact, that's what I ask you to do today before we're done. For those that would say, but what about me? I don't believe in God. Like, I don't believe in prayer. I would ask, would you pray first every day in 2024? But this prayer, God, if you're real, would you make yourself real to me? 
and then see what happens. And if you pray that prayer for a number of days, please let me know. How does God make himself real to you? Could be that this is the year that you're going to trust Jesus as Savior. In fact, there's no better way to start it off. The way to receive Jesus is, well, pray, right? Because the Bible says, for whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know that Jesus died for your sins. You know that he rose again. But for whatever reason, you've just been holding it off. But you're well aware that God has been at work in your life and he is calling you. And if you're ready, as you pray first today, to open yourself up to Jesus, I'll help you with that prayer as well. But here's how I want us to move into our week. I'm gonna give you about 30, maybe 40 seconds. I'm gonna ask you, will you join me now in praying first? Maybe you're just gonna say, God, I'm gonna make the commitment. 2024, I will pray first. That's good. Would you just take the things that matters? What matters to you this week, this year? Would you pray about that? Just ask God right now for his help and find a thing to give him thanks in. Let's together take this moment personally to pray first and then I'll wrap us up together. Would you join me? Let's pray. Thank you, Father, that you've heard every one of these prayers. And your promise is that you will work because of these prayers. Keep our eyes open, Holy Spirit, that we might see this working of God in our lives and carry this conviction into our week and into our year. For those that are ready to put their faith and trust in you, Jesus, even as they pray this simple prayer, Lord Jesus, as a sinner, I need your finished work on the cross. I believe that you died, rose again for me. And now, in humility, I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. If that's your prayer, friend, would you just lift a hand as an acknowledgement of that today, of trusting and receiving Jesus at the beginning of this year? Thank you. Thanks. We thank you again, Lord the personal working that you do in every one of our lives as we call upon you and we look forward to what you're going to do this entire year as we pray first in your name we do this jesus and everybody in agreement with it said amen amen